Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the game. I'm Russ Cohen. We've got Nico Riesgo. Nico, how are you? Russ Cohen, my man. And Michael Jella, how are you? Oh, I was doing better until I watched that Mets Yankees game today. Yeah, we'll get into that. Um, first, we'll start off with um, a little Tom Seaver talk. I mean, that's didn't know when we scheduled this show that we'd uh, be talking about the passing of Tom Seaver. I mean, it's kind of surreal for me. He was my favorite player. He was my sports hero. He was the reason I got in, into playing sports. Was a pitcher. Just Watched so much of him on TV, saw him so much in uh, in person, met him one time. Just the the big thing I take away is it's it's amazing. All these years later, uh, he's still seventh in like all time WAR, which again WAR didn't even exist um, for for anything, but he is listed that way for pitchers all time. He uh, he still has the consecutive strikeout record for 10 in a row. And actually, interesting story, I didn't realize Jerry Kuzman was charting that game. And um, and he said, yeah, Seaver got the last 10 strikeouts of the game in 1970, which is still a record. And Kuzman thinks, uh, Nico, that he threw all fastballs. He said he doesn't believe he threw any other pitch at the end of the game. And uh, <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. I mean, the, you know, the greatness level and the compete level – you you don't see too many guys that that competed like him and got results like him. Yeah, especially if you're just throwing straight fastballs and everybody knows that's what you're throwing, and he's just um, challenging everybody. And and um, what a great man he was. I wish I had a chance to meet him uh, when I played there with the Mets. I was hoping I'd get a chance to see him. Um, I never did. I never did. Would but you, I can imagine have, how you feel about. Would you have told him about the curse, though? I mean, you you, you put a curse on the Mets. I mean, he wouldn't have liked that. <laughs> Absolutely, he would have. I mean, they traded the, they traded him too, so he would know how I feel. So, <laughs> it's true. It's a it's a it's a mistake that the Mets have made. Uh, uh, many players they've traded away and traded away. You know, possibly some of their championships as well. Mike, with any thoughts? Yeah. Well, first, a, a phenomenal pitcher and somebody I had, I had a lot of respect for like like I said on the on the buzzcast this this, mm-hmm. this afternoon you know there are star players in, prof- in professional sports that I just had a sort of sports hate on because you no know, they're great but I just you know hate them because they're great Seaver yeah. is somebody that I couldn't hate because I respected him so much and he was a class act and I, honestly I, I love the I loved when he was the uh, commentator on the Yankee broadcast with Phil Rizzuto and Bobby Mercer. I thought he was he was fantastic uh, doing that. And I heard something I heard something today uh, that Michael Kay uh, relayed regarding Seaver. Apparently, when he was doing uh, color for uh, the Yankees, there was a uh, a media game in Seattle. 
uh, where the uh, Seattle media was beating up on the Yankees media, and Seaver, in basically in a sport coat and slacks, decided to go out there and pitch. <laughs> And it was bases loaded, nobody out. And he was probably in his like mid to late forties, and he struck out the three batters on nine pitches. <laughs> That's so, pretty good. That's, yeah. Well, I mean, the closest thing I can give you to that from the other side was so in um, in eighty seven, after the Mets had won the World Series and beaten Seavers Red Sox because he was on the Red Sox, but he had knee surgery. The, the Mets were having bullpen problems. They just were having problems with, with pitching and with good and out and injuries. And, um, and Seaver was going to try and make the team. And so they were pitching. He was pitching in a simulated game, and he was pitching to Ed Hearn, and he couldn't get him out. And, and so, like, one time when Seaver retired, they did ask him who was the hardest guy for you to ever get out, and he said Ed Hearn because that was like the last guy he ever pitched to to try and get back into the majors after coming off an injury. So <laughs> he always had a good sense of humor, but that, that's amazing that he, he did that. I'm not shocked. I mean, there was another um, story I read online where um, the Mets had played somewhere on the road. Maybe they were traveling to Chicago, and Sports Illustrated was um, – was traveling along and they were going to do an article on Seaver and the game was rained out and then they were going back to New York. And when they went back to New York, Seaver impromptu to the, you know, SI guys said, hey, let's, let's go to Shea Stadium. He went to Shea Stadium, went into the bullpen and mostly dark, just started throwing balls to the screen. And, you know, the guy had noted, the, the reporter, that like these were really good pitches considering he had just gotten off a plane and hadn't thrown the ball. And then afterwards, you know, the reporter asked him like, why, why would you do that? You, you didn't have to pitch today. And he goes, well, I was supposed to throw today. And so I made sure I threw the next start. So the, you know, the writer kept up with it. And the next start for Seaver, um, he pitched a two nothing shutout. And it was like his second shutout of the season. It was only in his second start. So he started the season with two shutouts. Like, that was the whole thing. You know, the last thing I'll say about him is, you know, people forget he actually wrote a book on pitching while he was pitching. Like that's, you know, he was just so into the mechanics of it and, and keep it in shape with that, Nico, that there's not a lot of pitchers that could write about what you should do to pitch and train and everything else. And, it, you know, and he was able to do that while he was playing. But the only person I could think of something like that is someone like um, Ted Williams, who yes. was a great hitter, and he could write, write a book about hitting, yeah. or someone like Tony Gwynn, or, um, yeah. something like that. It's just a master of his craft. And yeah. just, just, um, you know, just watching him, that, that run for the 69 World Series. I oh, mean, yeah. the Mets were absolutely terrible. I don't think, you know, I read some of the stats. They had never even won, I think, more, more. they were never over 500 or something no, like that never. before, before yeah. Seaver came. They were 100 so, I mean, they lost games. They were 100 lost yeah, yeah, so they could never even break that 500 mark until he came, and then all of a sudden he showed them how to win. And I think that was the main thing that he gave to the game and to the Mets, is that when he showed up, his presence, um, it was written all over him. It was, it was win, 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 and he was all about winning games, and he was win, all about dominating uh, by winning the games. And he showed the Mets how to dominate, and they, and they pretty much dominated with him on the mound that year, that 69 year, and yeah. they won it all. 
hey, look, they got close in 73-2, playing against a much more talented Oakland A's team. That, you know, they took them to the brink, too. So, yeah, all good stuff. All right, so we might as well talk about the, um, the Pete Alonzo leadoff, walk-off, homer, and this whole thing screwed up, Mike. Like, just I'm glad I don't have to write headlines for these games. I'm just happy the Mets beat the Yankees. Well, of course, obviously, I understand that, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, the Yankees have nobody to blame but themselves in this game. They were up four nothing. They were up seven to four. They bring in Britain. They go seven six, and then, you know, and we're probably going to talk about this. I, I now have a little doubt regarding the purpose of that uh, 101 mile an hour fastball because uh, that uh, Araldis Chapman threw against Tampa because he had no control tonight too. And, you know, yeah. maybe it was the fact that he's just, you know, he was out all year with COVID and just came back and he doesn't seem to have any kind of control because he almost put one in Dom Smith's ear flap. He and, did. And, 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 yeah, so, I mean, it's plausible that he, he, he had no control. But, but in, the, in, the, in, the top, in the top of the, uh, of, the, of the 10th, you know, Tyler Wade is the, is the guy on base and a fly ball has hit the Conforto. And, I, like, okay – no tag. He thought mm-hmm. it was a base hit, and he gets doubled mm-hmm. off a second base. I'm like, what yeah. the hell are you doing? That was almost as implausible as Billy Hamilton stealing third. <laughs> Billy Hamilton stealing has third. been a disaster for stealing in the sense that he has no baseball sense. He is, he's actually a horrible base runner, but I guess because he's so fast, they'll still use him because you can get him to score from first to home. But he is just so dumb as a as a base runner nico it's unbelievable and it can drive you crazy i mean there's there's a thing about being aggressive and um and, and taking the extra base and then you're right there's plays like hamilton's been playing this year where he's just way over aggressive and he's running in the outs and those, those will kill you and um you definitely can't have that um if you want to win this game well, no, you, I, I, it's true. I I can I can I compare Billy Hamilton to uh Ronaldo Skeets Nehemiah, well, <laughs> and, you know the, the the Olympic sprinter when he's playing football, he sucked at football because all you could do is run straight in straight lines and football is more than that. But no, Chapman box Hamilton to second base. At second base, nobody out. He's going to score on anything that drops into the outfield and right. the idiot steals third with nobody out. What are you doing? Yeah. Makes no sense. Well, he stole it. Then here's the thing. you got to steal it. I mean, the thing is, if he, if he would have got out, then that's when you, you, you cry and you complain. But if he steals it and he's safe, I mean, that's just part of the but game. It's still senseless. He's trying to make some things happen, uh, possibly get a throwaway, score, score a run. He's just trying to do anything to get that, get that run. So let's talk about the trading deadline. Um, Nico, it was interesting, the whole Mike Clevenger thing, because clearly he didn't do his teammates any favors by, you know, taking the plane back, not telling them that he, uh, he had been out and broken curfew and, you know, put everybody at risk for, for COVID. And, you know, sure enough, I, I think that um, Tito Francona decided, you know what, I'm getting rid of this guy. I don't like what he did. I know he's a really good pitcher, and they and they traded him. They traded him to the Padres, but they sort of made a statement. The Indians like that was sort of like, you know, hey, you and Plesac, that was dumb to do, but you were worse because you didn't even tell anybody. 
Yeah, you know, that's a tough one. You know, a player like Clevenger, sometimes I think, you know, you just put him on the mound and let his performance speak for yourself. I would never have traded someone like this this close to a ring. I mean, Indians have been, uh, you know, forever looking for a ring, and now they, they're so close. This is the year for them, and they just gave away one of their horses. And that's, like I said, that could be, um, that could be the mistake that, uh, that uh, brings them down. Yeah, and Mike, they, didn't, they never traded Lindor. Like, we all expected that to happen. Never happened. Yeah, but right, but they only they, but they did trade like th- three fifths of their starting rotation from last year. I mean, Kluber's yeah. gone, Bauer's gone, now Clevenger's gone, and I, I I'm pretty sure that they sent him to the alternate site before they traded him. They didn't even want him anywhere near the team. Right, I, I think you're know. right. So I mean that that that's just a statement on like they had a real problem with what he did. He let he let his teammates down for for a stupid act. And you know I'm not sure what his contractual situation is, but uh, you know San Diego, boy, what a what a what a change in one year where they're just basically yeah. emptying the coffers of that franchise to make a run uh, for a World Series in a year where it's going to have an asterisk no matter who wins. And and. The Arizona Diamondbacks just got rid of everybody too. I mean, Nico, I you know, Starling Marte. I mean, that was why. Why did they trade him? I don't understand. Well, because they they didn't want to trade Bumgarner. They're trying to save their face that that was the big mistake that gave him eighty million dollars. They can't get a win out of him. I mean, right. I mean that that that's their problem right there. And Marte took the blame for it. Well, Marte's a good player, and I think, Mike, I think he hit a homer right away for the Marlins, too. Yeah, well, I mean, there's the other there's the other weird thing, is that the Miami Marlins are adding. <laughs> you know, this, that know. shows how, how screwed up that this year is, is that the Miami Marlins, the team that everybody thought was going to be the worst team in baseball, is actually has a chance to make the playoffs. You, but, Mike, you're going back, you're, you're basically saying bad things about the team that's run by Derek Jeter. Well, no, I mean, they're, they're, they've succeeded, so they're, apparently they're buying into <laughs> Jeter's winning formula. Oh, there we go. It's called hustle. If you, ever, if you watch those games, the Miami Marlins, the guy named Bird, he's running all over the place. Still no, no, bases. listen, they, I, mean, I was mad. They stole like six bases off of Ramos. I get it. They, they're they a fast team that steals bases. I, I get that part. I do. And Mattingly's a pretty good they manager. They take advantage yeah. of you. It's almost like watching the Rays. I mean, the Rays, I mean, they raised are kind of, like I said, they're, they're probably the favorite now, the way they went into town and uh, beat up on the Yankees and, and let them know who's the uh, who's the team in the game. Uh, yeah. That was interesting to see. Anything else catch your eye, Nico, at the deadline? Oh, the major trades. Oh, definitely the Padres making a splash for it. Um, I, don't, I don't really even know um, – that they really needed Clevenger. I mean, it's a big boost for them, but they, they've got some arms. They've got Paddock. Um, they've got, again, um, uh, Lament. Lament is just uh, putting his name on the map. He's basically up for the, the Cy Young. He's going to give it a run. DeGrom, uh, he's probably right right next to him yeah. if he can get a few more wins. Yeah. Uh, who else do I like? Um Let's see who else did the major major trade in the deadline. I'm thinking, like I said, the Marlins with Marte, mm-hmm. and um, I think the, the the Toronto Blue Jays again surprising. They did some picks at the draft. They don't. They got some people they didn't even need, but they got some players, some extra players. Robbie Ray, the left hander, and um, a couple of big hitters. 
Yeah, I'm Robbie Ray's ERA, I think, was around eight when they got him. So, I mean, it's a little surprising. You know, it'll be nice that when Buffalo wins a World Series. Um, but uh, I, I have to say the thing that's surprising regarding San Diego is they are in the same division as the Dodgers. And the Dodgers, you know, you're probably talking about a 1-2-3 in their rotation for the playoffs of Kershaw, Bueller, and May, who's having a really good year as a, as a you know, first-time starter. He had some spot starts last year. But, I mean, you know, and Mookie Betts is, 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 you know, earning his money. So, I mean, it's good that San Diego wants to take a run at it, but it's like, do they forget that the Dodgers are in the, in the National League? Yeah, I think they did forget. Um, anything else, Nick, that, that caught your eye for that? Uh, no, look at um, look at the Braves. I mean, the Braves are looking like playing like Freddie Freeman. It's just like on a 16-game hitting streak. He's never going to make an out. And um, and they just keep bringing it every single day. I mean, they lose some pitchers. You said earlier in the year, you looked like they didn't think they were going to have a staff. Um, they were losing their, their pitching, but sure enough, the players that called in that that Anderson and Anderson came up right away and has become you know a dominant uh, at least a dominant three starter. Give him somebody on the mound uh, next to uh, Freed. Freed is having a, a spectacular yeah. All Star year, um, and they're they're getting the pitching every single day. And and of course we all know they've got the hitters. Yeah, I mean you're saying All Star year, but you know there's not an All Star game. I know you know that. All right. Um, <laughs> There's still going to be some all-star players, that's for sure. Yeah. So this year there's some weird things going on with pitching. Like, as an example, there are just some ERAs that are ridiculous. Like uh, Robert Gesellman of the Mets is up to an eight. Um, right now there are, like, five pitching staffs that are, like, at an all-time worst in, in Major League history. Uh, I don't know if they'll keep up the uh, the pace or not, but – Mike, I mean, um, a little while ago, the Mariners had a team ERA of 5.67, as an example. Yeah, and they don't even have Felix Hernandez, the gas can, anymore. He no. used to be King Felix, not anymore. But, yeah, no, it's, I mean, I mean, the, the thing is, I, I, the evidence, the empirical evidence is there regarding a team, these teams shutting down after spring training, coming back, trying to ramp it up for, for three weeks. I, everybody thought that the pitchers were going to have the advantage. I think the hitters had the advantage, and obviously some of the statistics that are out there show that that's the case. Um, I also think that, like we were talking about before, about the, you know, the, the rules regarding uh, extra innings, I, I don't think it's doing pitchers a lot of favors to start with a runner on, even though it doesn't count for an earned run on their ERA. It, it doesn't do them a lot of favors to have a runner on second base starting in extra innings in all these games, you know, all these doubleheaders with the, you know, seven-inning doubleheaders and all these pitchers being used a lot more uh, and, and no days off. I mean, it really, it's, it's taxing on these pitchers, and, it, and I think it's reflected in the stats. It is. Um, Nico, your Boston Red Sox that you said were going to do so well, their team ERA is the worst in baseball, 6.18. Yeah, that's terrible. I was wrong. I was dead wrong about the Red Sox. I, mean, I was excited to see um, the little left-hander, uh, Verdugo, um, go in there and, um, and really help them out. But, yeah, like I said, you can have as many bats as you want. If you've got nobody on the hill getting out, I mean, it's going to be a long ball game. 
I mean, Detroit's 5.47. Uh, actually, Seattle lowered it since the number I gave you. They're 5.38. They're doing better. Uh, the Angels are 5.17. Colorado's 5.51, but Colorado's always going to be bad. Um, Humidor might but, be broken down. Yeah. Um, Mike, the, the Nationals, 5.12. The team who won the World Series. Right. Well, they've had some injuries on their staff. Yeah. And, and that, see, that, that's the thing. It's like when you, when you look at – I mean, I, I just looked at the, the list of pitchers for the Red Sox. I don't know, I don't know any of them, and I know baseball. Yeah. I mean, you know, like when, when you know, Sale was out, we knew that. But it's like, you know, Evaldi is, is injured again. You know, who the hell is Ryan Weber and Zach Godley and – uh, Austin Bryce. I've never heard of these guys. And that's yeah, bad. Well, just so you know, the all-time worst DRA, the 1930, must be the Philadelphia A's, 6.71. Um, although it could be the Phillies then, but I no, think it's it probably... It is the Phillies because the, the, the 30 A's were World Series champions. Right, right. So, yeah, so that's the Phillies. Um, 96 Detroit Tigers, 6.38. Uh, actually, yeah, that's yeah. Philadelphia, the Phillies are in there twice. The twenty-nine Phillies had a six-point-one-three. So we're we're seeing some legendary bad pitching staffs here, and you know that's a little bit of a concern. And and Nico, again, the schedule is still going to be unbalanced in the end. There's no way they're going to be able to equal all these teams out there. I I think there's going to be a gap of like four games in some cases. Yeah, but when you look at, again, the winning percentage there, um, is it going to make that much of a difference? Because when you look at the top top eight teams um, in each division, it looks like um, they're pretty pretty well separated, at least like um, by percentages. Well, not in the, the, not in the NL East. The NL East is. Oh, okay, well, the top, the top eight, well, you have, you've got Atlanta, and then you've got uh, the Cubs, the Dodgers, San Diego, uh, and then it's a toss-up. Um, from there, it's going to be a fight. Phillies actually got a nice position in there. Looks like they're going to um, kind of yeah, just squeeze you know in the, there. You know what the thing about the Phillies is, though? They really haven't had any injuries, so you don't know what that will happen with that. And they have a bunch of doubleheaders. And they play the Marlins and the Mets a lot. And if you listen to Philly radio, they think it's going to be a walk in the park. But the last time the Phillies played the Mets, they didn't even have to face DeGrom. So it's like... I don't know. We'll see. The Phillies are hitting right now, and they've won 9 out of 10, and they won again today. But we'll see if they can keep that up because these seven-inning doubleheaders, they're nobody's friend, Mike. I mean, nobody's winning, like, full doubleheaders that much. I mean, I know the Mets beat the Yankees that one doubleheader, and then they dropped the doubleheader. Yeah, I mean, this is the – I mean, there was no way to around this with the with – the, uh, cancellations because of weather and because of COVID, but, yeah. you know, for, and I'm just using the Yankees as an example. I believe the last day of the regular season is like September 27th or 28th. Between now and then, they have one day off. So it's like, you know, one day. So, I mean, and, mo- and a lot of teams are uh, in, that, in, that same, in that same situation. So you're going to ta- be dealing with a bunch of gassed players when it gets to early October, even though they've only played 60 games. This is not conducive to good baseball when you have these guys playing, you know, 40 games in 41 nights. Yeah, Nico, it's a good point that Mike makes because um, I heard some criticism of the NBA the other night. We haven't seen this in the NHL. The NHL action is actually 
been really good, maybe because these players just stay in better shape than some of the NBA players even. But, like, I think it was Jim Rome or somebody was, was talking about one of the games the other night where both teams were clearly gassed. And, you know, and that was in, in a deciding basketball game. We could see that in baseball by the time these guys get to the end that some of these teams are gassed. Welcome to the game. I mean, it's always been this way, Russ. I mean, 162 games, uh, that's, that's what the game is. I mean, it's every single day. It's a grind, and that's why they call games. it the game. This isn't 162, it's 61 games. No, and I think these players, if you watch them, they're playing as it's, as it's, uh, they're down to the wire. And I mean, they've only got 60 games to prove themselves uh, worthy to even get in the playoffs. And it's a dogfight every single one of these games. And these players are out there. They're running into walls. I don't think you saw Massard uh, the other day, but it was fascinating. He missed the ball. But, man, the hustle is there, man. These guys are flying in the walls and flying over the uh, the rails to catch uh, balls and diving. And we're seeing some, some, some great baseball. Um, and then the hitters, uh, they're not taking the first pitch. They're not looking for walks. I mean, Anything close to that uh, to that plate, the hitters are attacking. I mean, and uh, the pitchers need to get to be aware of that. They need to start pitching away from that strike zone and, and learn how to nibble. And uh, because if they throw it just down the pipe and trying to just throw strikes, and that's not going to work. I mean, these hitters are ready, and they've only got sixty games, and, and they're swinging. No, that's a good point, um, Mike. Interestingly enough, there was just a move a couple hours ago. Um, the Brewers designated Justin Smoke, and they picked up one of my favorites, Dan Vogelback. Like, that's <laughs> that's an interesting who, move. Who was just traded from Seattle to the Blue Jays, so they must have, the Blue Jays must have designated Vogelback for assignment, and yep. that's where and, – and Smoke is a former Blue Jay, so that's, that's, that's interesting. But, you know, no, just, just on, on, on Nico's point here, the, 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 you know, it's a 162-game season normally, and it's a grind. But I'm pretty sure that in that 162 games, there's like 18 off days. And there's no 18 off days. You know, so you're playing basically one-third of the schedule. And, you know, some of these teams, after, you know, rainouts or after cancellations with COVID, they have one, maybe two days. So, you know, and I don't, and I'm not even sure they've, you know, the, the roster is still at, I think, 26 or 27. But they're not expanding it after August 31st, I, I don't believe. So, you know, you, you can rotate players in and out. But still, it, they're going to be used every day day and that's going to cause injuries yeah there's no question that's going to cause injuries there's no question we're we're seeing some interesting stuff but yeah nico we're one more one more thing um mike will get a kick out of this but um i gotta say yes is yes grandson's really good he's the best player on the giants we um we have a fantasy team and i i told mike let's pick him up and mike was like i don't know maybe he's going to be like this you know second generation or guy that's just not going to be that good. And I'm like, you know, I don't know. I saw him a few games. He seemed decent. He could end up being like a tremendous player. What do you think? Oh, he's an MVP player. I love watching that guy. He's on my fantasy team, and he brings it every single day. He's one of those guys running in the walls out there, diving all over the place. And, of course, uh, at the plate, he's a swinger. He's just swinging. He's got a nice, pretty swing, just like his great-grandfather, Almost like watching that yeah swing and and um, and just a blessing for the game and that's that's what the ga- the game does the game calls the greatest um, I, I, and he's definitely one of them. 
I appreciated Yaz's swing when he when he popped up to Greg Nettles, but uh, but that, that being said, you know I I don't know if he's going to be a superstar. He's definitely better than I thought he was going to be. Um, you know he came up I think at 27 years old, so usually that's not not conducive to being a superstar. Yeah, but you never but know. I mean he's actually he's 30. Be, he's actually 30. Yeah, he's, he still he still could be a he still could be a, a pretty good player, but I thought you know like you know like Chris Gwynn or some of these you know, brothers or you know nephews or sons of great players that you know he wouldn't turn out to be. It, it's sort of the opposite of hockey. In hockey, the bloodlines matter. In baseball, there's very few instances. You know the Boons and a few yeah. others that that, that uh, you know seem to replicate the quality of their. Uh, Parents or grandparents. Yeah, it's like the old thing, you know, what what brother combination had the most home runs, and it's Hank Aaron and Tommy Aaron, but, you know, Tommy wasn't that good a player. Um, but here's the thing, Mike. So with with Mike Yastrzemski, he had 21.55 last year. This year he's got eight homers, 27 RBIs. He's actually on a pace, if this were a regular season, for 32 homers, 92 RBIs for a regular season. I mean, that's pretty yeah, damn good. It's pretty damn good, but you know, you, you the, the statement that you made that he may be the best player on the Giants. That's that's praise. That's praise with faint. That's faint praise because that is not a good team. It really okay. Is. Well, all right, but you know, he, his no, he is the best player on that team. Whether you yeah. don't no, like I'm the team, saying, and I get it, they're not a great team, but he's still the best player. Yes. Yes, he is still the best player. All right, then pipe down. Anyhow. Nico, you got anything to push? That's right. Today's game brought to you by Our World Energy Solar. All right. Sounds good. And that's another episode of the game. Catch us next time. My man. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.